Um, yeah, the first song, you know, this is the air breathing, and, and it just, um, you know, it, it, there was kind of a, it's like the Lord stopped me and said, you're a holy presence living in me. And it's, it's like a, a new, deeper uh, awareness of, of that. And wow, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, uh, living within me? Wow. Um, yeah. Well, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your amazing love. We thank you uh, for um, the freedom that we have just to gather here and um, turn our, our hearts and our minds and our attention toward you. Lord, you, you knew that we each and every one of us would be here today and... Um, Lord, you, you have a purpose and a plan. You, you want to uh, wrap your loving arms around each of us. You, you, you um, want to show yourself as sufficient and strong and capable and desirable. And uh, today, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have absolute freedom and sway, that you, that you would continue to work in our hearts in such a way that there is that longing uh, for your powerful presence and, and that we would just be um, faithful and, and obedient followers of yours uh, that do radiate the glory uh, of God the Father. And, and so protect this moment, protect us from distractions and uh, just um, teach us and reveal your greatness to us today. In a, in a fresh, uh, special way, I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. Um, all right. So, this past Saturday, a week ago, Saturday at uh, six, about six thirty in the morning, uh, my sister's husband, my sister Debbie's husband, and my brother-in-law for over thirty years, uh, walked outside of his uh, bedroom and onto the carport uh, with a with a, a pistol in his hand and shot and killed himself. And um, so obviously that unleashed, you know, a, 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 just a crazy flow of, of events and emotions and, and, and um, uh, just a crazy week, you know. Uh, so I just want to say thank you, church, you know, for uh, your... Uh, prayers and your support, even though you didn't know the details, you know, of, of what was going on. Uh, and also just, uh, listen, our, your leadership here is so phenomenal. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's a, a group that came down and, and, um, and it just amazed the people down there. It's like, God, your people, you know, I said, yeah, my people, you're right. <laughs> uh, and uh, just were so moved, you know, by that. But but not only that, but uh, <laughs> uh, such a such a just I mean, just protected me, protected me from so much, you know, because a lot's been going on to to allow me to to be in that in that moment. Um, so I've shared, you know, some of you with with some of you. I've, I've shared. Uh, uh, you know, some details as far as uh, 
you know, my family, you know, and, and my sister who, who always watches the Facebook recordings, she says, you always have at least one gradyism, you know, in every one of your, you know, sermons. I said, yeah, because, you know, we get it. You know, I mean, you can get Grady because it's just flat, simple, you know, there. Uh, and uh, so in, through the times, you know, I've, I've talked about family and things of that nature. But, you know, uh, for those who don't know, uh, you know, my, my sister, um, uh, she, she, well, let me tell you a little bit more about um, my brother-in-law, John Lewis. Uh, I heard the stories growing up in Grady, you know, about this man, and, um, uh, you know, it was like, whoo, you know, pretty colorful, you know, stories, and, you know, I, I would encounter him from time to time, but didn't, you know, really know him, but um, the, 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 the best description, and I didn't use this because uh, the family had asked, for, you know, that I, that I, you know, bring the message at the funeral this past Thursday, uh, but, you know, I didn't use this, but the best description of John Lewis is he truly was the godfather of Grady, Alabama. He was the godfather of a lot of Alabama. Uh, he, uh, maybe another way, uh, I've, even there I described, you know, he's country strong. I mean, in the way that I said that, you know, if, if John Lewis had been born 20 or 30 years earlier, uh, John Wayne and Clint Eastwood would have come to him for coaching for a lot of their parts. So uh, that kind of gives you just a, a you know, a, a, a little bit. You, you didn't, you know, he didn't go out looking for trouble, I think, at least in the last 30-something years that, you know, that I knew him, but you did not want to be on his bad side. No. No, no, no. So when I heard that, you know, that, I mean, my sister said, well, I'm marrying this, this guy, I went, what? Okay, you know, you're my, you're my sister. And, uh, and then as I would, t you know, tell folks, you know, uh, you know, about, you know, my sister and her husband and then, you know, they, they, you know, he's the God, well, how do you feel, Mike, you're a preacher man, you know, how do you feel about having him as your brother-in-law? I said, safe, <laughs> safe <laughs> for one, <laughs> just like, yeah, don't mess with me, no, uh-uh, uh, -uh. uh uh, but you know, and I, but I, sh I shared, you know, I, I shared with um, uh, the the family that you know, hey, I wore it with a badge of honor, uh, quite honestly. Um, but the real hard thing, the even harder thing, is that uh, you know he he didn't he didn't know the Lord, you know, and um, there was quite a lot of quite a lot of prayer that 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 went on, you know, from, from so many, so many, and, you know, we'd, we'd always said that, uh, you know, hey, you know, if, if John Lewis would just come to the Lord, there's going to be revival, you know, in, in L.A., lower Alabama, you know, um, but uh, after, after that, after this past Saturday morning, obviously, there was, you know, there was a lot of questions, and there there was a lot of pain, and there was a lot. Of just I mean, it was uh, you know just a process of you know as s certainly is true with anyone's death, but it's, you know it's so complicated in the manner of death. You know, but here's a man that lived hard, worked hard, loved hard, and and died hard, but he had such tremendous tremendous influence 
on, on so many people, you know, and was so known. And so this, uh, this, this past Thursday, it was amazed. And I mean, that part of the country has not seen so many people gathered. I mean, ever. I can't continue to have people go. They were parked, you know, half a mile down the road. When we showed up 45 minutes, I showed up with my sister and, and dad, and uh, we showed up, you know, there. The parking lot was already full, and not only cars, but people. And it was like, wow, this, this, is, this is unusual. But, but we knew, knew that, that, that God had something going on in all this. Um, so, you know, in, in that, in, in, in the service, um, I um, just really, you know, felt God lead me to, and I'll just kind of give you a brief overview. Some of you have heard it, so don't tune out. Just pray for me. But, uh, you know, I, it's just a, led me to the 23rd Psalm, you know, and uh, where, you know, King David said, the Lord is my shepherd, you know, I shall not want. And then, you know, he goes on to say, well, because the Lord is my shepherd, this is, this is what he, he provides for me. And so we're talking about King, uh, Warrior David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And he understood that whenever he said that because, see, he was a, 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 he was a shepherd and he knew all about sheep. And he knew that, that, that sheep were absolutely, totally, 100% dependent on the shepherd for every aspect. You know, for their food, for their water, for their protection, uh, for every aspect of life. Just in every aspect of provision. And, 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 and King David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and in that time, I, you know, I, I, I just said, you know, the truth is that we, we all have shepherds. We all have shepherds. Uh, and for some of us, you know, it, it may be what we're following, the shepherd we're following is money. Or it may be just the things of this world. Or our, my shepherd, you know, could be, uh, you know, my, my image or my position. Or, or you know, we could, my, my portfolio, whatever it case. And it may be another person. But every single one of us have a shepherd. And some of us, uh, like John Lewis, well, we've made ourselves our own shepherd. And, you know, I am my shepherd, and I will depend on me for, for what I want, what I need, what I desire. I, I will depend on me. And we don't say it, you know, we, we don't just get out there and just spurt that. We don't wear a T-shirt going, I am my own shepherd. But that's just a harsh reality. Every single one of us have a shepherd. We have something that we are following. But King David, this, this king, said, the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is our shepherd, he does some wonderful stuff. And, and the three things that I, that, that I pointed out, you know, on, on Thursday is he says, number one, I shall not want. I mean, because he's my shepherd, I'm, I, I, I don't have these wants. I don't have these needs. He he. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in, in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And then this, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I will fear no evil. And so it's in that, in that, in that very passage right there that he tells us these promises that as our shepherd, he gives us peace in dark times. Uh, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. See, Jesus is the God of all comfort and he comforts us no matter what's going on. When he is truly our shepherd, there's peace in difficult times, dark times, hard times. He's not distant. And so when you have truly made him your shepherd, even though difficulties come, hardships, problems are just insurmountable, there's this, this peace that you can't explain. And that's what he provides, even in the face of death. Your death, the death of a loved one. One of my favorite passages is, you know, the older I've gotten, and, and, and is in Psalm 34, 18, says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He gives us that, and so I just shared, you know, hey, as, our, as, as shepherd, he gives you peace in this dark time. But not only that, he talks about in, in that particular passage that he gives you his um, protection and he gives you uh, peace in times of, of grief. Because he is present, because he is with you, he says, lo, I'm with you always. He's, because he's with you, he gives you, you know, he gives you his presence uh, and his, oh, thank you, God, you're with me. He gives you his peace uh, even in the midst of, of this conflict. I went on to share, you know, that not only that, but ultimately he gives you his promise. And that's where King David says, you know, surely I will dwell in the house of the Lord for what? Forever. And just pointed out, you know, what, what he was really saying there was that, that um, that is something he was looking forward to. You know, some of you, you know, you got to go see somebody. You got to go somewhere and you're going, I'm not really looking forward to going there. I'm going to do my time. I'm going to get in and I'm going to get out and I'm going to go home. But he said, I will dwell. That word there is... I'm going to be at home. You know, I mean, I'm talking about comfortable there. I'm talking about get in the recliner, unbutton that, you know, button on your pants, and just, I'm just, you know, I am comfortable here. And that's what he's saying right there. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And, and, and that was so good because he understood that there... This, this promise not only for fullness in this life, but also this promise of eternal life where there's no tears, no pain, much joy, great fellowship, wonderful, meaningful work for God, time with the people we love, and time with Jesus himself. And that's, that's wonderful. That's powerful. But then I, I shared... Um, and. Had, had spoken with the family, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, already it was clear that this impacted people. I had people coming up to me all, you know, just all through the week going, you know, this, this legend, they go, I, I never would have thought, you know, this, this man would, I, I thought, there's no way I thought he would die before me. 
and yet there was just it was a lot of heartfelt, transparent, honest conversation, a lot of questions. And it was clear that there was, you know, God, God was, God was working. Um, and people, like I say, people just um, packed church, packed overflow. Couldn't you? Just, I mean, it was just un, unreal the amount of influence. His footprint was you know, just there's no there's no way to measure it. But I acknowledge that you know. For, you know, most all of his life, John Lewis had been his own shepherd. It's clear. We as a family, my sister, every day, we were praying, God, please, please bring him into your kingdom. God, please, please, please. For, for his sake, for their sake. And, and you know, I, I, I shared, you know, with the family and with the folks that, you know, uh, you know, you could have, mealtime conversations but if you were going to really have a, a heartfelt conversation <laughs> with John Lewis you, 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 you be careful and, and you know I, and, and, and I, there were times that I, w- I would go and I, w- I would say John Lewis at the right time the right place John Lewis you, you, your wife that you love is going to be in heaven all these grand, these grandkids, these all of her grandkids right here that love you. Oh, and he loved his grandkids. I said they're going to be in heaven, and it was breaking their heart, thinking that you won't be there with them. And you know, he same old, same old. You know, so, uh, I, don't, I don't. No, no, no. He said I don't get, I don't understand the Bible. And he said I know a lot of Christians, and I guarantee I'm a lot better than most of them. What an indict on a, indictment on us as, as believers. Be careful. Be careful. And, you know, he just kept pushing back, kept pushing back. But most of you know, I shared a little over a month ago, it was actually one month to the day before he shot himself because he was going through so much complications, you know, phys- phys- the physiological and emotional, all of a sudden something triggered something in the last three months of his life that just he was miserable. I mean, just tormented and miserable. And, and as he was walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he faced a foe that he could not conquer. And at the leading of God's spirit, my sisters never, ever, ever asked John L. Would he please pray and ask Jesus? And so she never, until a month earlier, she said it just it just came out. And in his weakness, he he asked Jesus to be his good shepherd and to save him and to have him. And, you know, what delight in the midst of a storm, you know, for our family. I can remember, you know, my sister calling me and she goes, John L. asked Jesus. 
And, and I was going, okay, what am I going to say to John L. next time I see him? And by this time, I, I'm not seeing my sister, even though I'm going back and forth to Alabama a lot. I'm not seeing a whole lot of my, you know, them because she's, it, it, this is overwhelming there, taking care of him. Going to get a haircut down behind the, if you ever go to a restaurant, there's, there's a barbershop right behind the restaurant. And, you know, and so he'd going to get a haircut. I was, uh, Debbie said, meet me up here. And so at 10 o'clock, whatever it was. So, you know, I'm there at 10 o'clock, I'm driving there, and then she called me, she said, hey, where are you? I'm going, well, I'm coming. She goes, well, we're done. I said, wait a minute, you said 10. He goes, well, we got in early. And when John Lewis wants to leave, guess what he does? He said, please, I'm one mile away, just please, I gotta get my Debbie hug. And then, and, 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 you know, first time I've seen him, and so I did, and she's, yeah. So she stayed. You know, she'd stand outside the car, I hug her, he's in there, fresh new haircut, and I leaned in and I said, John L., I hear that my best friend is now your friend. And in John L. style, I'd go, yep, I reckon so. And so I'm sharing this, and, and I'm knowing that there are so many people so many people just like John L. out there, country strong. I mean, good people, but country strong. And, you know, we got, we've got all of these images of, you know, we got to be, you know, I can do it, da, 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 da. And then, and then we, we think that this God thing is wanting us to, to be cloaked in this subculture of, what they've seen as churchanity or maybe in what they've seen in the behaviors and lifestyles of some people who called themselves Christians. And so God had just kind of given me that morning just, uh, just how, do, how do I close this out? I mean, because it was clear that God wanted to use that moment. It was clear to my sister you know, and and. And even to the family, I kept saying, listen, you know, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm praying for you. Uh, and again, they're, they're asking hard questions, hard questions like, okay, what does the Bible say about when you take your own life? I mean, how vulnerable, how real. And I say, well, here's some good news. The Bible says that there's therefore now no condemnation who, for those who are in Christ. And he goes on to say, neither life nor death nor anything can separate us from the love of Christ. We don't perform our way in and we don't perform our way out. Honest, honest question like, Mike, you know my daddy. <laughs> you know his lifestyle. And, and, and we, we were, I've been with him a whole lot. This last, last minute decision, is it going to stick? Is he good? We're going to, you know, God knows, but all I know is this. I said, just look, look, look at the cross. 
look at that good-for-nothing thief that never did anything good. I mean, he was a thief. He never done anything good. He, he, and Jesus says, today you will be with me. God's economy is just blows ours upside down. I said, according to God's word, as John reached out to him to make him his good shepherd and to save him, his promise is that when we do that, that we will be with him for all eternity. And I said, now many of you have a greater reason, a greater motivation to go to heaven than ever before. And I said, I'm convinced. I am absolutely convinced that knowing what he knows now, that John Lewis would say to all of you, all of us, all of us, what, and this is what came here, what, what, what they had all heard if they ever called his house and nobody was home. He had this notorious <laughs> recording. Yeah. You reach the D's residence. You know what to do and when to do it. I have fallen, I can't tell you how many times. Yeah. Hey, John, uh, and then you reached the D's, right? I mean, I, for the first five years, I mean, because that, that elongated pause. Yeah. You know what to do and when to do it. And I said, listen. This story, you know what to do. Make Jesus your good shepherd. When to do it? Right now. If this man that so many of you respected at the end of his life said, hey, I can't conquer this and reached out to him. You know what to do and when to do it. I mean, it was clear that God's presence was there. And I'm sure, I, and I do believe that there is, we're going to see the fruit of this. I do believe that the impact that God's going to have through that man uh, is going to continue to ripple and rivet that community. But it's like, and because, of, because of the way they revealed, you would think, that there would be people just like st storming, you know, up front or something, you know, or jumping up and going, you know, whatever the case is. I'm not minimizing, I'm not minimizing what God did, but I share this whole story with you to, to, to come to, to what we just read a little bit earlier. It's in that particular passage that Paul is saying now, listen, there's... There's this stuff. God has given, laid this stuff out. He gave the Ten Commandments. And, and, and yet, there's glory there. But it's nothing compared to this new covenant where God says, hey, you can't. I never said you could. I can, and I always said I would. That's the words from God. You can't. And I'm going to do it for you through my son, Jesus Christ. He said, now that's glory. That's glory. And so, uh, later on there, he said, well, because this is, this is such a wonderful message, in verse 12 of that ch chapter, it says, uh, we are very bold. 
And he said, now, we're, we're not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing as, as the radiance was fading away. Listen, guys, if Moses can't maintain the radiance, you ain't going to maintain the radiance. It's just, it's absolutely, Moses, it was fading away. And he said he kind of put a veil so they, they couldn't see that. And then he goes on and says, but their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. And this is one of the things we're going to grapple with if you stay around for a group. It's like, how? What is this that how their minds were made dull? How, how is it that when the, the, the covenant's read, they just kind of eyes glaze over and mind go numb? And then he points out, well, it's, it's because only in Jesus is this dullness ever taken away. He said, even to this day, when Moses is read, a small veil covers their hearts. Well, there's, a, there, there's a parallel here. We can hear God's word. Read and read and read and read. And, you know, I've always said, you know, God's word never turns void. But I tell you what, if we've got dull minds and hardened hearts, we can sit there at the most logical and most powerful example of our need and, and just... We keep on keeping on. Only in Jesus is it taken away. And then in verse 17, I think it's the key. It says, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Your holy presence, your holy presence living in me. We're talking about the spirit of the living God. That brought my mind back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 9, you know, here's Paul, Paul laying this out about this, what God's glory. It's back to glory again, the Lord of glory. And he goes, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by what? His The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except a man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths. The man without the Spirit does not accept things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. John L. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Your family's going to be in heaven. Unmoved. John L. 
You see, you see his wife out there praying every morning, getting in the word. Living a life of a servant unmoved. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. What we, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and as I was giving testimony of, of the powerful presence of God's Spirit in the revival that began up in Asbury, and now it's continuing to ripple. It's, it's almost as there is this latter, you know, the latter rains of, of James where God is pouring out his presence. It, it's a powerful invitation for us to, to to stop and to take note and and and, and to say, and to, and to cry out to God say listen you know not by might nor by my power I cannot create it I cannot sustain it but by your spirit by your spirit it's one of the reasons why we while we are in inviting us not to just kind of hop in and hop out here on Sundays, but to, to linger a little bit and to pray and say, God, whatever it is that you need to do in order f for your Holy Spirit to be welcomed, welcomed, not tolerated. You know, it's like, sometimes it's like, yeah, I mean, what God kind of pointed out to me is like, sometimes it's a little bit too casual. You're going, yeah, God's spirit lived in me. Uh -huh. Almost as if I deserve it because, you know, whoa. We talk about, you know, wait a minute, it's only by your spirit. It's only by your spirit. Our natural mind, it's not just going to figure all this out and go, got it, good. It's by the manifestation and the, and, and, the, and the powerful presence of God's Spirit freely at work. And so the question we've been at, Lord, what, can, what, do you, how, what, do you, what would you have us to do? Is we're following you, the good shepherd, in order, to, in order for your spirit, your spirit, for you to draw people to yourself. And so we, you know, we've been saying, okay, Lord, help us to be hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Help, help us to be hungry. So as a staff a few weeks ago, uh, we're going, well, wait a minute. What is it? We don't, we don't know in America. We don't know about hunger. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And then we said, well, isn't that one of, the, th isn't that one of the, the, the benefits of fasting? You know, is to help us to identify with that. And so your staff began to, to fast. Uh, Every Wednesday, we're fasting for, for us. And we're so, Lord, create a hunger in us so that we may be filled with your spirit. Lord, teach us. What are, what are some lessons? You know, in that very first day, I mean, for me, it was like, wait a minute. I was thinking, it's kind of hard to focus when you're hungry. You know, I can't, I can't quite think straight. I, I don't normally think straight, but it's less straight. You can't think straight when you're hungry. 
And it's like God said, get it, yeah, uh-huh. That's right. If you're not eating, it's hard, it's hard to focus. It's hard to think straight. And if you're not feasting on me, it's impossible to focus on what really matters. You focus on the wrong things. You get distracted by too many things. If you'd like to join us in that, join us in, in that. As we're saying, God, creating us a hunger. You know, we talked about a humility, just humbling ourselves. Help us to see ourselves as, as God sees us. Completely inept apart from Jesus, but in him we can do all things. Matter of fact, I mean, some of you are joining us in this in the Lent devotion. Y'all get that? The little Lent devotion? You know, nobody? This means, yes, I got it. Okay. And, and so it's just a daily devotion, you know, as far as Lent. What, a, what an appropriate time to give up. And I'm not saying give up food. I'm not saying, you know, God, we felt God wanted us to do that. We felt that's where the Lord, Good Shepherd led us as a staff. Join us. We'd love for you because we want it to be a snowball effect of where the Spirit of God moves so powerfully and mightily and he breaks the chains that binds us and he, and, and he the secret shame and private pain is gone. I mean, there's freedom because that's what it says. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Freedom. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's fasting from a bunch of junk that we do, that we just fill our days with and, and instead feast on Him. I don't know. But that is my prayer. That is our prayer because it is not by might. We cannot create it. We may say, Lord, we need you. Oh, Yo, yes, we need you. But it, it is because of the movement of his spirit. I can't explain it all. Even the Bible said, hey, it's kind of like the wind. You can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going. But he does say, there's this sense, we were seeing it earlier. <laughs> he inhabits these clean. He is exponentially at work whenever we acknowledge the need for our holiness. And that's going back to John Lewis voicemail. I think God is sh showing us what we need to do and when we need to do it. And that's continue to, to hunger and humble ourselves before him so that he can demonstrate his what? His glory. His glory. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for for your amazing love for us. God, you're just so long-suffering. Lord, as the Apostle Paul I pray that for my life, for this body, this church, like Paul, that our message and our ministry would not be with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of your Spirit's power. So that those that we counter, so that their faith might not rest on our wisdom, but on your power. Lord, help us to get it. 
as we choose to follow you. And for some of us in this moment, it's going to be just praying and asking the Holy Spirit. Just we open our hearts and lives. We will, we will, we will respond in any way. We, we will lay down whatever it is you call. We, we will confess. We, we will uh, seek to, to be restored and reconciled. Whatever it is you lead us to do so that that your glory is revealed. And so I just entrust these moments to you and pray that you give us, Lord, your <laughs> holy courage to, to humble ourselves and, and to respond to your invitation, whatever that may be. A song is going to be playing here. You, you can choose to sing along with it or you can allow it to just minister to you. It's called Spirit of the Living God. It's acknowledging where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Giving Him permission to move around in your heart and your life and your mind. Pray that if there's any dullness in your mind, or any hardening in your heart that he would reveal it and he would heal it and be willing to just love him through your obedience and through your response to him. So let's just take a, some moments now for just offering our lives up to him, examining, asking him to examine, to move, and for us to, to respond to what he is leading us in.